welcome to another edition of Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke. I'm Zeke, sometimes known as Mike Zielinski. I'm honored to have as my guest Dr. Adam Feldman, who is a world-class fencer and a cardiologist. He's affiliated with the Tower Health Medical Group in West Reading. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it was interesting, you know, what our children get us into. You were uh, a national champion in fencing, an All-American at Penn State in the 1983 to 87. And I guess the medical school is a little demanding and going for a specialty, so you didn't have a lot of time, so you kind of put fencing aside. Yeah, I started back in high school and continued on through Penn State. And then actually, after I got through Penn State in 88, decided to go on to medical school and said, you know, I really had done as much at that time as I thought I was gonna do and hung up my sores at that point until more recently. And tell us, uh, share your story, why you kind of caught the bug again. Yeah, actually my daughter, who had really never expressed an interest in fencing or any other um, sports that I had done in the past, uh, my wife also played volleyball for Penn State. Yeah, she must have really been good because I know they have a powerhouse program. Yeah, they're very yeah. good. And Kids uh, are good athletes? Uh, kid, she's, she's a good athlete and she uh, enjoys uh, doing things. Mostly she actually enjoys more uh, non-athletic stuff, really? theater and music. Because she has the genes on her side. That's yeah. right. Um, but we just all of a sudden one day she called home after going off to the University of Pittsburgh and said, hey, could you give me some fencing lessons? And I said, fencing lessons? Uh, that was a little unusual and out of the blue. So really she started to come home. She gave her a few lessons. She went back to school. But then over the summer she um, had really wanted to take uh, saber, which is a different weapon than is normally taught at the beginner level. And so we were driving out to a club in Philadelphia, you know, an hour and a half away. And we said, you know, if I'm going out that far, hanging out with her, I might as well do something while I'm there and got back into it that way. Oh, that's cool. So you, this is 2015 we're talking Correct. about, right? Yep. And then unfortunately, uh, you returned to form pretty quickly, but then you tore meniscus, right? Yeah, I started defense and then had unfortunately made a wrong move and had torn the meniscus and went through surgery and was out until October of last year. And uh, you, ret you returned to some, uh, with some light training, some competition in 2016, and you actually won the Keystone Games foil event for veterans. Correct. But you really came back in 2017, as this airs, it'll be early 2018, but you came back in a big way, which is remarkable. Uh, had great success in nationals for veterans. Uh, tell us what you did and how you did it. Yeah, yeah I had just sort of fooled around and was sort of self-training and had an old friend that was willing to give me a couple lessons to bring me back up. But I said, oh, if I really want to get back to it and really get back to a national level, I really needed to find a coach. And there was actually a, a new club that had just started in the last two, three years at Zykovic Fencing and had asked around and got good recommendations. So I went over to his club and started training with him in October and the rest, we went from there. Yeah, because you won your age division in the U.S. Nationals, correct? Correct. And you won gold medals in the 40 and up and 50 and up foil and uh, silver medal in 50 and older epi in the Pan Am Games. Correct. Now, how much did your muscle memory come back? Because you hadn't competed in, what's the math, from the late 80s to... 30-some 30 30 years. That's amazing. So did, was your muscle memory there? Were your reflexes couldn't have been as sharp. Uh, definitely not as fast yeah. and definitely not as sharp. But, you know, the, the memory was somewhat there. And, um, you know, it took a little bit of some training to get the muscles back because... Uh, much older now and a lot yeah. more uh, hadn't been as active. So that's uh, that's remarkable. So yeah, it was kind of fortunate. And then you made the world championships uh, in Slovenia. I'm not even sure where that is, but it's over in Europe somewhere, right? Yep, not too far from Zagreb, uh, Croatia. And uh, yeah, we they take basically the best two of three finishes on the national circuits. So we have three different national trials 
around the country and they take your best two of the three results, add up your points, and the top four finishers in each of the weapons, in each of the age groups, get to go compete for the world team. Now, I know you had a great experience there, but you were a little disappointed. Uh, you finished 39th in individual foil, I guess. Correct. You got edged out in the first round? Uh, yeah, we do a preliminary round of pools, pool play, and I yeah. went two and three, and then drew one of the Australian national champions as my first oh, round. Oh, so luck of the draw. And just yeah. uh, how it worked out, and he fenced better than I did that day. And, but there. you had to think uh, when the year started, oh, you m might have been shocked that you wound up in Worlds, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that wasn't even on my radar. And even winning Nationals wasn't even on my radar. I just wanted to get back, compete. You know, my ranking, they have different uh, letter rankings. And my letter ranking, when I started last year's season, I was in E, A being the highest. And so it wasn't even on my radar to, to compete at the level I did. What are the, you know, uh, for, for a lot of people, that they've seen fencing, they're aware what it is, but they don't really know the nuances. What are the, what are the uh, athletic gifts that, that uh, is key to success in fencing? Is it reflexes, hand speed, what? Actually, it's a combination of yeah. all the different things. You can really be one of the fastest people out there, but if tactically you're not thinking or if your opponent can outthink you, it's almost like chess with muscles is a common phrase that really? we use. So, you know, an analogy would be boxing, too, like a real slick boxer can counter and know. Is that what you're, are you watching yep. what your opponent does? Could you counter? I, I always thought everybody just tried to stab each other. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're trying to set them up. You're trying to induce them to do certain By things. By fainting and, and stuff? And fainting and opening up certain areas. And hopefully if they go to attack it, if you're already knowing where they're going to be, you can be a little bit slower, but if you're inviting them into that area and you know it's going to be there, you can actually then have the edge to parry and repost or attack them before they can attack you. Now, are you basically using the same strategy now that you did in the 80s when you were national champion? Uh, I modified it a little bit for my speed, but since, yeah. the, since I'm mostly fencing um, veterans as well, uh, the younger kids still are uh, actually de definitely faster than I am. Yeah. And, and I, you do have to modify it a little bit, but it still works out. Now, the veterans that you're fencing, had, had you crossed paths with them back in your, your prime, all it's your primes? It's or? actually interesting. A lot of the people I have crossed paths with were people I fenced with years ago. Many of them had actually continued. A lot of people that have come back, it's almost the same story. Yeah, I took off from fencing. My kid got into it. I decided since I'm going, I want to get back to it. So it's a very common theme to our veterans. How many cardiologists do this? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, what's your, how many hours do you, a week do you put in your practice, uh, for your medical practice, and then with fencing? I mean, that's a really a challenge for you, right, yeah, to balance? That's, that's a, it is trying to find some balance. I do try to tell my patients to exercise and get out there, so I figured I'd better lead by example. I try to practice twice a week if I can get down to my club to practice. And other than that, obviously, the cardiology takes full time. Because I assume there's long hours in being a cardiologist. Yes. Uh, did, were you doing physical activity in the interim between the 80s? I, I, I know you're busy, but you, you were doing some kind of training or running or whatever. No, I really wasn't, unfortunately, very active and right. had some, you know, health issues, you know, backs and knees type, type so that kept me away from the, a lot of the intense uh, physical activities. And but how are those parts holding up now that you're back in competition? Uh, trying to hang in there. Yeah. Now, you recently were in the, it's funny because you're already in the trials for next year and it's the first step to get the Worlds, and you finish 18th overall, which you need to improve to, to make Worlds again. Yeah, we have to, you have to, last set, you know, seventh or higher is probably what you need to be in at yeah. least two of the trials to even have a chance. So, so is you get to throw one out, which hopefully this will be my yeah. one that I throw out. Well, that's good, so otherwise you don't have a monumental hill to climb. Right? Correct. Uh, explain a little bit the difference. Now you do, uh, we're gonna have a little show and tell here. You do epi and you do foil, and I guess uh, this is the epi, 
correct. And it, this is a fairly, st I'll let you do it, but it's interesting, you were telling me that you almost hold it like a pistol, right? So you hold it, I'm left-handed, which again, as we were uh, chatting about, you know, being a lefty it used to be an advantage, but nowadays it seems to be less than uh, typical. Um, so what you can do is, is that you basically hold it like a pistol, it's a thrusting weapon, and for Epe, anywhere on the bodies of the target. So I can hit your hand, your foot, your head. First person that touches gets the point. Whereas with the foil, it's a somewhat smaller, more rectangular, more flexible, whippy blade. But in this target, only the torso is the target. Why is that? Why they, I saw that in some of the notes I took, and why the distinction? Uh, basically just a different sport. It's almost like track and field where you have different classifications. Okay. And so we just, the different rules, the development of the weapons came up. This is more of a um, French, um, style, where a saber was the old Hungarian horseback. So when you watch the Three Musketeers, they're using a foil? Uh, they're, yeah, they're using like a rapier or some of these other more heavy swords. And yeah. those, actually, that's why you have a parrying dagger, a separate, sometimes they'll have okay. a smaller one in their other hand. Well, I thought it was interesting, like in Epi, both fencers may score if their touches occur within 40 milliseconds of each other. Correct. And it sounds like that would be pretty short, but it's not uncommon that that does yeah. occur. Now, these aren't sharp, but when you see fencers, they're kind of wearing not body armor, but they have protection, right? Yeah, we have different layers. We have a what we call a plastron or a half jacket underneath. We then have a regular um, cloth jacket over top, and it's actually made out of 800 Newton Kevlar, so that if they do break, which they rarely do, but they can oh, I break, see. that nothing penetrates or goes through you, trying to keep it as safe as possible. When and then we have the target jacket for foil and uh, a glove, mask, special pants that also have the Kevlar built in, and then we use shoes that are somewhat resistant to tearing because we do fence on a metal strip, almost like a cheese grater. So regular shoes actually can and get worn out. And why is that? Uh, it's an electrified surface so that we can ground it so that when somebody hits the, since the toe it in the is, we don't want it to register so that it neutralizes the touch. So you don't have like uh, long reviews like they have in the NFL, right? <laughs> no, we actually do now. F uh, that's one of the changes that's occurred since <laughs> I've been back. Technology is everywhere. Video yeah. replay. So yeah. you actually get two challenges. At, oh, once really? You get, once you get to the yeah. top eight or top four, they have a video replay system so that if you don't agree with the director's call you can actually ask for a video replay and they actually go back with an assistant video referee review it and then come out and make their decision now is foil your best event Would that's you, my yeah that's and why my, is that you just, just that's the one I've studied and that's the one I've practiced on the most and I do epa just for some fun and a lot of times when you're flying out to Portland or places like that you're out there already it's you know make the best of the trip now, uh, Sabre, which is the third component, uh, that's a light triangular blade, with, uh, and uh, I guess the target area is anywhere above the waist, including the hands and arms. Correct. Is that, does that take, uh, I mean, what's the difference? That one actually you can cut with the side, so you can actually hit with the side of the blade. These two weapons are what we call thrusting weapons, and you can only uh, hit with the point. So you, you just you prefer the thrusting. Correct. Yeah. And th there's spring-loaded tips on both of these, and they take a certain amount of force to depress them. The saber, you can actually hit with the side, and it doesn't take a lot of force or with the point, and they're both valid. Now, do you walk into Dick's Sporting Goods and buy one of these things? No, you have to <laughs> kind of go to the different fencing stores, and, and there yeah. are online. That oh, online now, yeah. 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 What have I missed that you'd like to talk about with fencing? It's really actually a great sport that people can get into at almost any age. You can actually do it as we're doing it almost your entire lifetime. We now, when I first started, it was under 16 and open, uh, under 20 and then open. Now there's anything from 8, 10, 12, 14-year-old categories in addition to 16, 20 opens, and then the vets. 
40, 50, 60, 70. And it's a lifetime and sport, It's a lifetime obviously. sport. Uh, how's your daughter doing? This is two years ago she started. She's still doing it? She's actually stopped doing it, the, <laughs> the actual um, yeah. fencing, but she's actually doing the refereeing. She's actually become a very good referee. Oh, and really? She's been doing uh, refereeing. She's taking a little break right now. She's getting ready to go to grad school, but she's actually enjoyed the refereeing side of now, it. Now, dumb question, but if everything is scored electronically, why do you need a referee? Actually, you have to determine right of way. Was it a valid target? Did it hit beside okay. the strip instead of on yeah. the strip? So there's a couple uh, different. The foil and the saber have an offensive, defensive, which dance that actually occurs very quickly, and it's sometimes hard to follow for a new person. But the epee, again, can both hit at the same time and doesn't matter. And how do they score it? I mean, it's like volleyball, point here, point there. Yep. If you if I hit you. On valid, I get the point up to five points in our preliminary pool when we do one-on-one -on -one yeah. in a round robin, and then we move on. And at the veterans level, it's up to ten touches, direct elimination. So it's one-on-one. -on -one, whoever wins goes on and keeps going up till you're eliminated. Uh, final question: Since you're a cardiologist, is this stuff real good for cardio? Oh, it's very good. For yeah. cardio. <laughs> you get the heart rate up, and it, you're, you're really working out. Now it's very intense, short bursts of activity. Each of our bouts in, is about three minutes. Um, so, but it's a very intense three-minute time frame. You know, I always, uh, I always remember for some reason it stuck with me back when I was in college when I read Playboy magazine for the articles. Uh, there was a, they always had great cartoons, and it was a picture. Uh, this patient's in a cardiologist's office because it says cardiologist on the desk, and the doctor has a cigarette in his hand, and he says, "My advice to you is to quit smoking." <laughs> so. Anyway. So quit smoking, then take up fencing. It's good for the heart. Dr. Adam Feldman, we thank you so much for sharing your remarkable story. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and subscribe to the People Chronicles channel on YouTube. For now, take care. These stories are made possible in part by Spring Ridge Financial, Heidelberg Restaurant, Queen City Restaurant, and PJ Willans.